0: Welcome to the Data Center of the Future podcast series sponsored by Dell. I'm Jeff Johnson. Everyone seems to be talking about blades, and for some companies, blades are relatively new, so it might seem funny that we want to talk about the future of blades. But it seems clear that if you understand where blades are going, you'll be able to make smarter decisions today. With me today is Mike Roberts, product planning manager for blades at Dell. He'll talk about where blades have come from, where they are today, And where they'll be going in the future. Welcome, Mike. Hi, Jeff. Good to be here. Before we get started talking about the future, let's talk a little bit about the past. Blades obviously were invented so that managers of data centers could get more servers in the same space. But what are the other issues that brought about the need for Blades? You're right. For x86
1: kind of commodity servers, the beginning of it was all around density. But I think it's also important to look back, and there were blades around in customers' data centers way before there were x86 commodity server blades. There are blades in your in customers' networking core. Cisco's had bladed switches for a long time. There's blades in customers' fiber channel core switches. There's a standard and still is a standard that's been around for a long time called uh, Compact PCI that has done bladed uh, servers for for a long time before there were even x86 commodity server blades around. And all of those products, really, the genesis of those products and kind of where blades have evolved to is they were all around modularity and flexibility, scalable solutions that were very modular. There was a density aspect to those, but I think the primary driver for the adoption of those modular form factors and those other technologies was around modularity, scalability, and flexibility. And that's where blades have really evolved to as well. They initially started out as a pure kind of density play, really sacrificed a lot of features in order to get density. And now we've seen the density, still be a tenant, a core tenant of blades, but now we're starting to see the modularity, simplicity, IO aggregation benefits of them, and also the centralized manageability of them really,
0: really come out. Mike, you say that Blades have been around for a long time, but there's certainly a lot of new press and a lot more press about Blades. So from a marketplace standpoint, it seems relatively new. Do you think that people's understanding of Blades is maturing, or is it still in kind of the infant stage? The new thing here is that
1: Blades have become relevant and available in the x86 server space. Prior to that, it was in the in the networking space. Now they're very widely available in very flexible and very high performance, Very have very usable capabilities. And that's kind of the, the real new thing. And as that's happened, started out in this x86 space back in 2002, it's really been the ramp of capabilities of the product and also just information filtering out to the marketplace in terms of their value and and what they can do for customers.
0: Now, you use the term commodity servers, and my understanding of Blades is that, at least traditionally, they've been built for specific workloads. Does commodity and specific workloads somehow not jive? In the initial infancy of Blades, they
1: came out to do very specific workloads. They were pretty much, these are going to be, Web servers and very high-density web server farms, really, they were around the, the beginning of the dot-com boom, and they were specifically there to do that workload. And what happened is they evolved and grew up, just like one servers did as well. This kind of the same thing happened there, where they began with minimal feature set, and it was all about a density play, and they evolved over time to get availability features and scalability features that you'd expect in mainstream enterprise, highly capable products. That same thing has happened where Blades were designed for certain high-density web server kind of applications, and they evolved to push from the front end of the customer's architecture to the back end of the architecture because of the feature sets and capabilities that have been delivered in, driven by customer saying, it's great for the front end. I'd like to have that same kind of value proposition throughout my architecture and, and those same kind of capabilities moving
0: into the rest of my architecture. If these are so great, then why not just blade everything? Even
1: today, as feature capabilities and capabilities have increased, there are still trade-offs you get when you move into a, a bladed architecture. Certainly flexibility is a big thing that you trade off. Hard drive capabilities, the amount of I.O. and the flexibility and the types of I.O. connectivity that you can provide. Also, there's a cost concern or cost issue in that you have to be deploying a certain number of servers to kind of get that benefit. If you're only deploying a smaller number of servers or various different types of servers, maybe different locations, you're not going to get that leverage across the chassis infrastructure, and your cost could be higher.
0: Specifically, what kinds of applications would not be the right kinds of applications for Blades?
1: I don't think it's so much of an application thing as a customer environment and how they use systems and where they use them. So why I talk about environment is a small business who only needs one to four servers, and that's going to kind of be the extent of his growth and scalability. They don't need to go invest in a blade chassis, whether it's a large blade chassis or even a small blade chassis. They don't need to pay that cost penalty up front to have that scalability over time. The other thing is if you need to have or you think you need to have a lot of flexibility in terms of the kind of I.O. you can support and the I.O. capabilities, the hard drive flexibility, all those kind of things, it may not be the right solution for you. So it's really more of an environmental consideration and certainly workloads play into that how much disk and how much IO expandability you need that can also play into the into the decision
0: shift our discussion to blades today the things that companies are offering companies like Dell what's some of the cool new features and functionality that are being delivered with blades that make them even better platform than they were in the past
1: I think the first thing you have to look at is power and thermal advantages. And if you you know, you know look at the announcement of our product, the M1000E and all of its uh, associated blades, the power efficiency that we've driven, the cooling and thermal efficiencies that we've driven with that product are, are pretty amazing. And they, what that enables is customers to do a couple of things. First of all, you, can, you save money on your electricity bill. You also can deploy more servers in the same power envelope. And also, it's good practice for the environment. So kind of three things that are extremely important on top of customers' minds. You know, we've come out with a product that up to 19% more power efficient than our competitors. That's a huge leap ahead in terms of power efficiency that just wasn't there before. And, I mean, so that's a very cool new capability that's just become available I think the other thing that's really big in this area and is really going to be the kind of big vector of growth for the future is around the io aggregation and the io connectivity capabilities we introduced the capability with this product called flex io which means your io switches the connectivity modules in the back are scalable, just like you have modularity in the front of your chassis. In our system, we have actually modularity in the in the rear, in the actual I.O. module, so you can scale it over time. You can add capability over time. That was never there before in Blade products today. And you can
0: actually change its use, I guess, if your needs change. You
1: can change its use, and you can actually upgrade as new technologies become available into the into the future. Those are capabilities that have never been before available in these products, and they enable customers to do much more interesting things and get increasing amounts of value out of them, whereas first-generation, second-generation blades gave you I.O. aggregation, fewer cables, if you will, coming out of the back of the chassis. These new products allow you to take that to a whole new level by stacking switches together bringing fewer cables out, that's only one part of the story. The other thing is now you can manage multiple switches that are interconnected as one, which is a huge boon for the network administrators out there. So you talk about power and cooling being a cool new thing that's a major factor in in Blade deployments, I.O. aggregation, I.O. capabilities. The other thing is really around centralized management and how you can manage, configure, update things centrally from a single location, either from the chassis manager, and to be able to do a whole lot of capabilities there that weren't available before to be able to get you up and running
0: very quickly. And It seems to me that uh, then in terms of the maturity cycle that blades are far from being mature. It looks like we've just kind of scratched the surface of capabilities and functionality. So what kinds of features and functionalities do you think we're going to see in the near future? I mean, I'm talking about the next maybe three years or so.
1: From us, what we're really focused on is a continued focus on power efficiency and thermal efficiency. Even though we've taken a huge leap forward, from this point on, there are going to be kind of incremental gains, but that's going to be a laser focus for us to continue to drive power and thermal efficiencies in the future. One of the big revolutions will be in simplicity of I.O. configuration and provisioning, whereas today we've brought this flex I.O. capability that allows you to interconnect multiple switches, manage them as one, We're going to take that to the next level and be able to manage them much more simply, configure them much more simply, and make these switches really, instead of looking like complex switches, if you will, to the network administrators, make them look like regular network interface ports and regular HBA ports to make this much more simple from an interoperability standpoint to the customer. So power and cooling will be a huge focus, simplifying I.O. connectivity, the other thing that needs to be mentioned is a continued focus on virtualization optimizations, so you'll see much more capabilities and enhancements, optimizations around memory scalability. How do I make this system easier to deploy from a virtualization standpoint? How can I optimize it for usage in a virtualized environment? How do I have the I.O. connectivity, power management capabilities that really make it optimized
0: for a virtualization solution? This new functionality is going to uh, allow greater flexibility and greater power management and things like that. Will that mean that uh, Blades can be applied to newer and different kinds of workloads or expanding the workload?
1: That's what we're seeing now is that when Blades first started out, I talk about kind of the front-end, middle-tier, and back-end of the customer's architecture. Blades started out in the front-end and have, over time, pushed to the back-end. Only now, in these generations, of what I'd call kind of a third generation of x86 Blade servers, are they actually really ready to be... Mainstream, true capability for the, at the back end of the infrastructure. They now have the IO connectivity, have the memory capabilities, and have the robustness of feature set to play in those, in those areas. So I think it's more that, not so much that the pool of usage models or workloads were breaking into kind of new areas, but I think it's really further penetration into those areas, the infancy of breaking into those areas right now.
0: So let's really talk way out there. I mean, I'm talking five or ten years from now. Do you see radical changes in blades?
1: You could go as radical as you could see that in five or ten years, there very well could be nothing even called a blade anymore. Every server you have could be a modular system. And you could break it all the way down to the component level of you know compute, I.O., memory modules that are storage modules that are everything is completely
0: modular. And you just snap them all together.
1: Snapping it all together. That's one kind of very far to the right view. And I think you'll see... Some landing somewhere in the middle. If you look at the experience, though, from the industries that were there before us in terms of blades or modular adoption, you look at the networking side, for example, the core modular switches are there, and they do very high volume, and they've increased in their functionality. The volume of Ethernet switches is very likely in the edge switch or the standalone monolithic switch, while... You know, you're driving additional capabilities in that core bladed module. You still have a lot of, most of their volume still is in that standalone module because people don't always need that flexibility in modularity, and they can't pay the cost of that. So I think you'll always see kind of a model of a modular system and a monolithic system. Monolithic systems or you know, regular 1U, 2U servers will incorporate some of the tenants of blades and some of the modularity capabilities of blades, and modular systems will continue to evolve into more modularity at the discrete component level.
0: Do you see the uses of Blades changing in the future? I mean, other than just becoming more and more mainstream?
1: It's hard to really predict kind of a, what in five years, what is going to be that big killer app or things like that. But I think what I see today is really further penetration into these more intensive use cases. And we're going to see virtualization. Blades are going to be continue to really penetrate that as a, as a mainstream use case for Blades. And I think it's more of an a increased penetration thing than, a, than some radical new workload. Uh, happening in that space.
0: I'm sure that the development cycle of products, blades included, must take years. What has Dell done to make sure that the blades that they're delivering will be usable in the future?
1: We focused on that very much up front, and we designed this chassis to be able to take new technologies for at least five years out. That was the commitment that we designed the product around, the key tenant that we designed the product around. So we'll be able to add new technologies five years out, not to say that the chassis won't live longer than that. It certainly will live longer than five years. But we, we foresee putting new technology in for at least five years and potentially further. So in order to do that, we had to do a few things. One was we had to make sure that we had the power and thermal architecture and design in the product that we could handle technologies that we could see on the horizon five years out. And we've done that with this product, architected that capability in today to be able to take the capabilities in the future. The other part of it is to provide the I.O. connectivity and bandwidth for not only today's I.O. technologies, but what we can see out in the future. Out in the future, you see, you already see the beginnings of 40 gigabit per second technologies in InfiniBand and the, the infancy in the, on the Ethernet side. We've architected that into the chassis. Beyond that is kind of hard to foresee where, where those other technologies are going to go. And that's kind of why you kind of try and limit yourself to a five-year horizon is about what you can really commit to. So I.O. technologies, power and thermals, flexibility and form factors, so that we designed the front of the chassis so that it was very flexible so that you can put multiple form factors of blades in the front. Who knows what's going to come out in the future in terms of being able to do wider, taller blades, wider and taller, you know, a whole bunch of different form factors are possible. So we architected the front to be very flexible and take that. And also in the back as well, the Flex I.O. concept was there that we designed very large switching modules and I.O. modules in the rear to be able to take multiple different types of I.O. and to be very, very flexible so that we can add new modules and new capabilities in the future into those existing modules.
0: What do you think are the major trends that we're expecting to see with blades in the future?
1: Just to summarize, I think the key things are that we're really working on and really focused on for the future. The first key trend that's going to happen and we're focused on is unification and simplification of the I.O. subsystem. There's a huge opportunity to simplify how the I.O. subsystem is configured and presented to the network. We've taken the first steps in that in terms of being able to now stack switches, manage them as one, reduce the amount of uplink cables out, we're going to be introducing soon new capabilities into making the switch present itself to the network like an Ethernet controller versus a, a switch. We're already doing that in our fiber channel switch with the NPIV technology and our Access Gateway product. So it's really around. Simplifying and making this the I.O. subsystem look to the network like standard devices, but while also providing the aggregation benefit that customers expect. That's the major focus. The other thing is unified fabrics, and you'll hear about this quite a bit, but over the Ethernet fabric today, you can do Ethernet traffic, obviously. We see a huge emergence of storage over Ethernet, iSCSI, and there's a new technology called Fiber Channel over Ethernet, which is coming on very quickly. The Ethernet fabric is a great opportunity for unification, to bring in all these disparate fabrics together over a single fat pipe to reduce cost, reduce complexity, and make it more scalable. So that's going to be another huge trend. Power and thermals, continual, huge laser focus on how do we get incremental gains and continue driving incremental gains and potentially revolutionary gains in the power thermal efficiencies. And finally, last but not least, virtualization is real. It's happening. People are deploying it on blades. There's going to be further optimizations in the bladed platform itself, in the management subsystems around how do I optimize the system to be able to work in a virtualized environment the I.O. capabilities, memory scalability, processing horsepower, making uh, hypervisors pervasive so that you bring your system up and it boots to the hypervisor very quickly, easily, simply. There's a huge opportunity for optimizations on the on the virtualization side as well.
0: You know, I understand that Dell listens to customers every day. So what happens if a customer has a really bright idea? How do they tell us?
1: Naturally, the first place that I would think of is to go to Ideastorm at DellIdeastorm.com. We look at that as product managers. Basically, everybody in the company looks at that place as a funnel for great ideas to come in from our customers. The other thing is the, the beauty of being a direct company is we have interactions every day with customers. We talk to them. They talk directly with the development engineers and product managers I have numerous conversations with customers on a daily, weekly basis. Talk to your account representatives, and, you know, let's have a conversation.
0: This has been great information. Thanks a lot, Mike. Sure. It was my pleasure. Flexible Blades today will really provide a platform for use tomorrow. To repeat that URL, if you would like to provide your idea for Blades, you can either go to dellideastorm.com, or you can find out more information about Dell Blade servers at dell.com slash blades. And join us again next time for another edition of Data Center of the Future podcast series sponsored by Dell.